in this crazy time we live in of meeting and connecting with others in the digital world comes a show that looks at the lighter side of dating. Take a walk on the broad side with Nancy Geary and Cindy Main on Laugh at First Swipe. Well, here we are back for another episode. And tonight we want to share what Brent and Cindy have in common. And I think it'll be great for the people that are listening to hear more from Brent than just positioning our different episodes and doing our intros and outros, but to learn a little bit more about you and what your life is about, because I think your dating experience has been a little bit different than what Cindy and I have experienced, both as young women and as women over a certain age. Yeah, yeah, no, I I agree. Um, So interesting kind of quip about me is, um, one, I have a a pretty strong religious faith that dictates a lot of um, my lifestyle. And that also plays into how in within this culture and religion, how we date and, and how we communicate in relationships and it fit right along with, as we went through season one and I was, um, you know, doing a lot of the editing and, and hearing a lot of what was going on, even though I may not have been in each episode, um, I was doing a lot of the work on the episodes. And so, um, it just kind of dawned on me, like, we have this whole other side of this dating world. And I am married now and I have two kids. And, um, you know, so I feel I, I count my stars uh, lucky that, um, you know, I'm not I'm not out there. <laughs> You're not doing what we're doing uh, <laughs> or what I'm yeah, doing. <laughs> doing what, doing what's, what Nancy's doing, doing what Cindy's done, you know, somewhat recently. And um, but uh, yeah, it's. Uh, it's just some, some interesting other points of view. And I think we've season one, we got a lot of cool points of view from Fontaine, um, and our other friends. And I thought, Hey, let's, let's, uh, let's do this. And then come to find out me and Cindy may have a connection with some of this as well. Yeah, actually, I was really surprised. We do have a connection. I have some connection because my family, or LDS, my uh, family history comes back to the pioneers. And even though I've always not, I've never practiced the religion, I've been around it. So I understand the culture, but I want to hear more about it from your side of it. Because I'm a Utah Mormon, or Jack Mormon, and you are a California Mormon. And the first thing I asked you was, where we, are you from Utah? Because I always think that everybody that's Mormon is from Utah. That's not true. Yeah, that's, uh, it's a good point. One of, uh, one of the really interesting things I like to share with people, and I'm, I'm not um, intending this episode to be ultra-religious or anything of that nature. I think a lot of it is more funny than anything else. But um, an interesting fact about our church is we actually have more members outside of the United States than we do inside of it, um, which a, a lot of people don't know about. Um, uh, and even I re- more recently in my life have learned that. And so... Uh, yeah, I, you know, being from Southern California, I grew up a beach kid, you know, surfing and uh, just loving the ocean and being in Southern California, that was my whole lifestyle. And then uh, there was this aspect of religion and church that went along with that. And so um, probably very different than a lot of, let's say, quote unquote, traditional um, Mormon or, you know, members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, the, you know, kind of their their daily lives as you would maybe see in Utah uh, was probably pretty different than what my life was like. Um, 
the the religion was there and and uh, um, present, but uh, maybe not so much of a um, all encompassing lifestyle. Right? We enjoyed the ocean. We in we enjoyed uh, family. We enjoyed you know all of which didn't really have anything to do with um, you know being being a member of the church um, or. Uh, our church excuse me <clears throat> but yeah so so how did you so what was dating like were, were you um limited to your church were you i know because some and i well let me just back up so i was raised catholic and my husband was lutheran and they considered us a mixed marriage <laughs> okay so so it had to be interesting growing up in southern california where there's certainly a melting pot of people, lots of, I would imagine, lots of different people of different faiths in the same school. So how did all that work? Yeah, so that's super interesting. So um, one of the things that we, we tend to um, advise youth on within our church is to really avoid kind of that one-on-one boyfriend-girlfriend um, relationship till more later in teenage years, 16, 17, you know, that, that kind of age bracket. Um, now, you know, <laughs> the funny part to that is, is all of us boys started noticing girls way before that point. Right. <laughs> so, so we're, you know, we're, we're being told, Hey, no dating, um, until 16, you know, 17 years old. Um, but we definitely are interested in these, these other girls in seventh, eighth grade. And you know, what, what is that all about? Um, and so, uh, is, you know, is that the, biology, <laughs> that, exactly. <laughs> or right? Physiology. So, exactly. So, um, you know, what, uh, what it ends up being, I think, you know, the beginning stages of that is, um, really kind of a life lesson on having friends of opposite sex, right? How do you, how do you treat a girl? How do you say hello? How do you not act like an awkward weirdo? <laughs> you know, <laughs> and then above and beyond that, um, you know, how do you avoid maybe some dangerous situations uh, that lean more toward the conservative lifestyle? And, uh, you know, when it comes to uh, relationships with people, the opposite sex and, you know, things like that. So, um, you know, as, as, Dating started, though, that to kind of answer your question, which I, I think is really interesting as I look back on it. Um, I never even thought about dating somebody that was Mormon or not Mormon. I, I wanted to hang out with and be around girls who I thought were fun and attractive. Right. And like surfing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so and for me personally, it took me a long time to really get into girls um, because of that, because for me, what was fun was being active, going outside and doing things and getting sandy and getting dirty and doing things that boys like to do. And I didn't know any girls that like to do any of those things. And so for me, I, I mean, I remember being in high school and thinking, no, I don't want a girlfriend. That's just a waste of my time. I, I, I you know, I have, I, I played a lot of sports. I was very active. I, you know, I did all kinds of things. And so it was kind of like, no, I, I wasn't really into that. Um, but, but then I, I kind of got a little bit older and a little bit older and go, okay, well, maybe that is something that's, you know, well, I'd at least like to make out with a girl. <laughs> <laughs> you you kind of get, get, start getting that going. And, um, 
and so I, you know, what I'm kind of remembering is at that point where I was interested in maybe going on a date and having, uh, you know, a, a night out with a girl, um, it just never even came to mind that the whole, is she Mormon or not Mormon? Um, my parents, you know, kind of, my parents were divorced. So I grew up in a split house of halftime with my dad, halftime at my mom's, uh, well, probably a little bit more time at my mom's than dad. And so my dad was not a member of our church. My mom was, my stepdad was not. Um, and so I really just had this one parental influence, my mother, who don't get me wrong, love and adore and appreciate everything she's ever done for me. Um, uh, but wasn't exactly, you know, the, the kind of quintessential wake up Sunday morning and everybody puts on their dresses and shirts and ties and mom and dad and everybody pile into the minivan and go down to church. That, that was not my experience. Uh -huh. Um, and so you kind of have these, uh, you know, kind of concepts in your mind about dating and concepts about how to treat women and stuff. And then you have all of your other 17 year old, 18 year old friends that are just like, dude, did you do her yet? <laughs> you know, just the, the crib, disgusting things that come out of teenagers' mouths and minds, you know, and it's just like, what the heck is, is going on? Um, boys will be you know, boys, as they say. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So how, like it kind of sounds like the people on the dating sites too. Yeah, <laughs> right. 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 So, um, you know, at, at that point, I, it wasn't ever even something that kind of came to mind. Um, I would say, um, similar to any uh, culture, the concept of a relationship would probably be easier if you chose to go with somebody that understands your culture um, mm -hmm. is, is kind of taught a little bit practiced. It's not really, you know, kind of a, the Bible says, you know, nothing like that. I think it's more of a, Hey, if you don't drink and you don't smoke and you don't do drugs and you go to church on Sunday, if you found somebody that was similar to that, it may be a little bit easier of a uh, relationship on Saturday night. <laughs> right. You yeah. know? Um, so there's kind of that, uh, that concept to it, but I never really felt overwhelmed by that or kind of like stifled by, you know, no, you got to date a, you know, an LDS girl or, or you know, just real quick. We use that term LDS as short for Latter-day Saint, which right. is the ending part of the full title to our church. But um, anyway, that's, um, yeah, so good question. But I, yeah, I, I never really felt like that. I didn't feel overwhelmed by the, that concept. And some of the original niche dating sites are faith-based sites. And in fact, I think, I don't know if it was off of Match or OkCupid, but I clicked something and I ended up then on an LDS site and I went, oh, wait, <laughs> I don't think this is, <laughs> is going to work out. I guess what I'm trying to get at is, you know, we're, we're, we're always trying to find like-minded people right. and things that can divide people are religion, politics, and are you a dog person or a cat person, you know? <laughs> <laughs> All, all the no-nos at work, right? Cat allergies, I quit, I'm out. We're talking about canines all together at work. It's just, it's brought so much animosity. That, well, that canine and feline, you know, it just... Crazy uh, well, I saw something today. Uh, there's something new now called dog fishing. So we talked in one of the episodes about cat fishing. Now there's dog fishing. So dog fishing is you borrow somebody's dog to have your picture taken with. So people will go, oh, great, you have a great dog. And then you meet them, and then you start asking about their dog. <laughs> like, oh, I, well, it's not their I don't dog. know. 
<laughs> and what do you do? She's coming over. I get the dog. <laughs> can Dude, I borrow your dog for the weekend? <laughs> I'm going to start renting my dog out for this. See? Here's a, here's we have new? the best dog in the world. We have an t- 11-year-old pit bull female. Her name is Ethel, and Ethel. she is everything her name and age means. She is the oldest woman in our house. She does nothing but sit around and look cute. She doesn't want to run. She doesn't want to walk. She wants to watch you do everything. And I'm going to start renting Ethel out for dog fishing photos i love it i think yeah. perfect great opportunity uh, and that, you, so, you know she's a pit bull so in the picture we you know we could kind of get her to look that mean pit bull look if you need that yeah, we can tie a pit bull around her get her cute you know if you need that i mean we could really dress her up <laughs> now cindy you grew so you grew up in utah so was your fan was your family in the Mormon faith or LDS, or did you, or were you just happen to live there? You know, what's funny is not everybody in Utah is Mormon. And I think right. that, you know, there's that thing is every time I've moved to California, and every time I say, somebody says, where are you from? I said, Utah, they go, are you Mormon? I said, no, I'm not. But it's that thought that everybody thinks that's the way it is. But my family, actually, I come from a, from a different, I was born into being connected to the religion. My family are pioneers and family. And my family stopped really staying connected to the Mormon church with my grandparents. And so most of the family now are all what they call Jack Mormons. And, um, you know, they drink and they do their thing, whatever you're not supposed to do. I don't think anybody in my family has ever gone on a Mormon mission. I don't, I don't even think, I think my grandfather did, but as far as the cousins and I've met other parts of the family. So I, I am really interested to hear what Brent has to say, because that wasn't my experience. Um, even living in Utah, living in Southern Utah, even when I was in high school, um, I was a little bit, you know, I would go to church once in a while because everybody went to church, but there was an awful lot of, you know, uh, premarital sex going on in my high school. So it kind of happened. But really, in fact, I'll tell you, sex in high schools in high school. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And I'll, no. t- and I'll tell you what's really no. interesting is I bet you all of my friends in high school had to get married and some of them got married in the temple, which you're not supposed to be doing that. So yeah. So it's a really interesting experience. Let a lot of see. premature births. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let <laughs> oh, me get my shovel. So dig a hole. There we go. That's right. Taking out of the hole, Cindy's just created for me. <laughs> well, we know it. No, but we know it's different for you, and that's what's interesting, because I, I that's not been my experience. Is somebody actually really lived their religion? You know. Yeah, and I think that's. I, I think for me, most importantly, that, that I wanted to do this. One is that we have a cultural point of view that I just think is funny and and a bit quirky. Um, and fits right in line with with what this whole podcast is about. But two, uh, it, it's really just about my own personal experience. I I, I by no means want to come off sounding like a representative of the church or you know anything to that that nature. I I, I can just simply speak for myself and and say, hey, this is what I believe, and this is the experiences I had, and this is kind of how the the culture of our religion. Uh, plays into it. And I think a lot of religions have something like that. I think uh, my stepmom is Japanese and um, she comes from a completely non-active 
you know, having nothing to do with actual temple attendance, but has that Buddhist, um, you know, kind of connection. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and so it's like once a year we went to the Buddhist temple festival because that's just what you do when you're Japanese. You know? yeah. <laughs> like, Part of it. Yeah. So what I go to Festa Italiana. You know, she, <laughs> she doesn't know. She doesn't know any of it. You know, so I don't know what that means. I don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> so you, Brent, you use the word quirky. Really <laughs> use the word quirky. What is, what makes it quirky? Yeah. So I think one of the things is let's just lay it right on the table. Right. If you're uh, a pretty, um, I'll, I'll use this word active and inactive, right? Because I think it, it makes sense. So an active member of our church is somebody who really believes in the concepts and principles, is, is kind of living the religion. Inactive would be somebody who's familiar with the, the, uh, the, the principles, um, may have been a member at one point, maybe isn't, um, but uh, is not really uh, living any, any of the 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 concepts, principles, or theories of, of what we believe, right? So if you're active, I would say sex is, is kind of the big target, right? It's the elephant in the room. It's, it's the thing we don't want to do anything with if you're not married yet. And so I would say, and we're talking about quirky, we have just these different ways to essentially avoid getting into the hot and heavy that leads to baby making. <laughs> <laughs> you know <laughs> um and so that you know you have you know a lot of uh, your adult leaders are you know you know pushing group dating and you know never be alone with some of the opposite sex and uh you know you have even down to kind of the the what i would call the the funny fundamental you know discussions of you know, don't be alone in the dark don't ever lay down next to somebody of the opposite <laughs> sex <You know? laughs> things where you just go oh my gosh man like you know and if you're not one thing leads to another (laughs) exactly Uh, the holy ghost goes to bed at 8 (laughs) p.m you know um if you're if you're someone like me you kind of going well this is a bit ridiculous like if i if i if babies are just going to be made because the lights have been turned off like i i I can't do this I, i better not date at all when you have these kind of concepts that um, create boundaries that you, you're taught not to, you know, go across or, or whatever. Um, it gets a little funny how you how you choose to start doing things, right? Um, and so you go on, <laughs> yeah, we go on these big group dates, and then on the group date you separate out, and then you go make out with your girl because you know every, <laughs> everything was good because you were on a group date, <laughs> you know. And so wow. when I say, you know, when I say, um, you know quirky that that's kind of what i mean is um when you're young and you're a teenager uh teens will be teens you know we we kind of right. um we we all act and react the same way and um you know teens and our the way we think at that time I, I feel like we we really easily justify our actions or we don't even think about it um it's it's almost like not even a place of justification but um i i think when i'm talking about quirky also, I'm remembering and kind of going back to dating in college, where dating in college was a, a lot more, I would say, in line with kind of what you two are at and were at, where ultimately what I wanted dating in college was a partner, was, was a wife. You know, I, wasn't, I was kind of past the dating just to date, just to have fun. 
um, I kind of, you know, I was looking for something and okay. I, I was looking for something that was a bit more, you know, committed, a bit more long-term. And so even with that, uh, you know, you, you got to pull the, the big sex out, right? Like you can't, still can't do that. Right. Um, and so that's where you kind of go, you know, now you have two adults that are living this, this, um, this lifestyle, this, this, you know, these concepts and, um, and how, how do you make a relationship? How does that work? How do you, you know, how do you avoid and uh, avoid certain situations while getting into other situations to learn enough about somebody uh, that, you eventually want to be intimate with and eventually want to, you know, have a whole life with. So oh, lots of cold showers. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I, I used to tell, we used to tease and my roommates, uh, you know, just take a run around the block. We went to school up in Idaho, you know, January, <laughs> February in Idaho, just take a run around the block. You'll be fine. <laughs> Excuse me. I have to go jogging from, I'll be back. <laughs> exactly. Why does he keep leaving and running around? <laughs> So, you know, like that, that's a perfect example. I say, you know, quirky. That's exactly right. I mean, literally, you know, you'd, you'd be, you know, coming home from whatever, a dance or movies or whatever it was. Because, you know, you'd see a couple guys just, you know, kind of jogging out in negative 17 degree <laughs> weather. It's like, oh, we all knew what that, where they were coming home from. <laughs> that's, that's good to know. Cold. I've been to Idaho a few times. And I didn't understand that why they were jogging in the winter. <laughs> What are all these people running around outside for? <laughs> that guy's been out here like every hour on the hour. What's going on with him? Does he ever get any schoolwork done? All he does is run. <laughs> exactly. I wanted to ask a question. I want to go back to something you talked about was, you know, you went into college and you're, you wanted to be in a relationship. You wanted to have a partner. And I think it's very parallel to what we're talking about when we talk about this online dating. That's what people are going in. Well, some of them, not everybody. But I think a lot of people are doing that on this online dating. And I think it's very interesting. You had an idea of what you wanted, and, and you met somebody who also had that same idea. And I think on the online, it's so different because you go together and you both have different ideas of what you want. And yeah. I think for you and your, when you're in your situation, you went to a college that there are people believing how you believed and having the same quirky ideas, right? Not that they're yeah. quirky, but. No, yeah, you're exactly right. And that's, that's ultimately why, why I ended up going to the school I did. I got accepted to a few different state schools in California and um, I also got accepted to Brigham Young University uh, and they have a campus in Idaho. And so I, you know, uh, I had just gotten back from serving a mission for our church. Um, so I was gone for two years and in two years I left at 19, came back at 21. And, um, you know, when you take that much time to dedicate yourself to really not focusing on yourself, I mean, everything we do, uh, whether you believe in our church or not, if you see those guys in white shirts and ties out there, um, they are truly out there doing what they believe is something not for themselves. They believe they're out there doing something for God and for other people to help other people. Um, and that's a, that's a real enlightening, um, really light for me, life changing event that it changed the way I thought it changed the way I felt it changed the way uh, it changed priorities I had in life. It changed a lot of things like that. And so when I got back, um, I wasn't, 
necessarily looking to just catch as many waves as I could and burn my life out on the beach anymore. Now, I'll be perfectly honest with you, two and a half years prior to that, that's exactly what my dreams were. <laughs> and, <laughs> and um, you know, so now I had learned a lot and I had learned a lot about myself. And, and so um, I wanted to be educated. I wanted to have a family um, and I wanted to, you know, not this kind of concept that I live now where, you know, I make the money and my wife stays at home and this and that. It wasn't like that. It was more just, I wanted to support my family. I wanted to be that anchor of, of some sort, you know, to, to a family, um, you know, kind of that uh, traditional family point of view, right? Mom, dad, and, and children. And so, um, yeah. So, you know, I purposely said, well, the, the, the better chance of that happening is going to happen uh, at a Brigham Young or at, at a, you know, mostly Mormon school, if you will, uh, than it would at, you know, Cal State Fullerton or Cal State Long Beach. Um, and so that's where, you know, that's where I went to choose, choose that's where I chose to go. And uh, it took a couple of years, but I finally, you know, yeah. tricked a girl and after locking <laughs> her up for a few years and, you know, no, I'm a just lot kidding. Of jogging. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I think yeah, what so, you, you talked know. about making your choice about the school that you went to I think that's very similar. So if, if we look now where people are today, I would think that a lot of young people, when they're thinking about the type of college that they want to go to, they're making choices based on what they want to do. This place will, it meets my needs in terms of the profession that I think I want to pursue. This also meets my place in terms of some religious beliefs such as yours, or I like, or I want to be in this part of the world. There's just something that sort of draws people to a particular place. And then there, then connections are just made naturally. Yeah. I think now we're seeing this pro proliferation of dating sites that cover all kind, pretty much anything that you're into, whether, <laughs> <laughs> whether good it's or bad. Yeah, good or Burn bad, or <laughs> whatever it is, you know, there's someone for everyone. These niche sites are proving it. And yeah. That, that will be one of the, the episodes this season. We'll be talking about these niche dating sites, but people just, na you just, you know, the, the whole idea, birds of a feather. I want to find somebody that has something in common with me, but I, perhaps there's also, I want to find somebody that is not exactly like me, but will compliment me in some way. Yeah, I agree. I think um, kind of like what you, you said earlier, to be honest, I, the, the, this concept of online dating was started by faith-based dating yes. sites. Yes. And I, I think that's what it was. Uh, that's, that's really all they were doing is they figured out, Hey, when people start dating, this is what they do. Just naturally they go yeah. to places. They literally physically go to places where they find people like-minded people. You know, uh, I, you know, growing up in Huntington beach, you know, we would literally say all, all my life, I'd see the same guys going to the same bar. Right. And because that, that was their bar, that's what yeah. they knew to go to, um, you know? And, and so I think they, the, the guys that are the, the, the people that started these things, they realized that, that we're, we are kind of, we are, we are very much creatures of habit. And uh, when it comes to dating, that's exactly what we're looking for. We're looking for something just like us, maybe not a spitting image or a mirror image, but uh we got to start somewhere. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, attraction obviously is, is a big one, but, um, you know, it, it, 
hey, you can be the most gorgeous w- woman in the world, but if you're a psycho. <laughs> Like, like the woman Jerick I met, right? Who did the Black Widow number on him. Exactly. exactly. (laughs) Like every turn, I think she's trying to kill me. (laughs) Yeah. You know, if, you know, if I, you know, show up and, you know, date one, you're showing me your wall of guns, you know, and then giving me the list of what you're going to do with each one. I'm kind of like, oh, okay. This this may not work for me. I'm not going back to guns and women's are us anymore. (laughs) That's (laughs) <laughs> the Wednesday night Bible study and gun club. You know? <laughs> exactly, exactly. Is that going to work? I don't know. So yeah, no, I, 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 I think you're right on there. I think it's, um, these things work because of human nature. Uh, they, they don't work because of technology. They don't work because of uh, everybody's got a cell phone. They work because of how we work as, as humans and our desire to, to have mates, to, to have, people we depend on and depend on us or desire to associate and communicate. You know, I think it's, it's kind of, it, it comes down to human need. Yeah, definitely. So in my line of work, um, I work with people in my, in most of my jobs, I've worked with people who have addictions and are in recovery. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I've noticed is that's really hard for people in recovery to date because they have to make it very, very clear because that could put them in danger. And there aren't a lot of sites. In fact, I thought about it one time, like started having somebody help me do an app for people who are, you know, friends of Bill W, the 12 steps, whatever, because I saw my clients, you know, they go out on dates and people would be like, why don't you drink? And, you know, they wouldn't, didn't want to explain it or whatever. But I think that, that it's very important to have someone like, like-minded, like you talked about. And, and Nancy, you know, and I know is when you're on the dating sites, that's when you meet somebody, you know, immediately if you're like-minded, yeah, or like pretty quickly, like, oh, like you said, if they're, you know, a supporter of this person or that person or, you know, the gun club or whatever. And I think it's really important. And I think it's really cool that you were able to do that and, and make that decision as a young person to go to that school. And that's, that's a wonderful thing to do. It's all good. You know, I, I tell this story quite a bit. Anytime, you know, you move to a new, new area, meet somebody, you know, how did you two meet, right, uh, with, with me and my wife. And um, we, are, we are very similar to that. My wife is this super – well, first of all, she's short, well, shorter than me. She would probably wouldn't like it that I said she's short, but she's, <laughs> she's, she's shorter. Petite. Yeah, uh, but she's quiet. She's very kept to herself. Um, she's very pretty. But, um, you know, she – when I first met her, um, <laughs> she, we met at a Latin dance and she had uh, been dyeing her hair dark at that time in her life. And all of her friends uh, were on student visas at the school from Venezuela. Oh. Uh, and a couple were from Ecuador. And so I thought she was Latin and I thought I had scored. <laughs> like heck yeah i found this latin girl she's gonna make the best tacos in the world and my life is set you know you talk about how different we were i mean my book my my wife loves books and she loves to read it's just so many things that are are really different than me not that i hate books i'm not over here burning books in the front yard or anything but um yeah you know how to read so yeah yeah um you know, I, I, I read comic book with the best of them, you know, <laughs> but uh, yeah. So it, it, but you find this common ground. And for us, that common ground was our faith and our membership in this church, right. That, that has these um, 
for the for our world today, uh, really kind of an outside point of view. We don't drink or consume alcohol. Uh, we don't use tobacco in any of its forms. We abstain from sex before marriage. We, uh, you know, um, a, a variety of things. And, and, you know, the the reality of all of those is they're simply life choices that we make. They're not rules. They're not... Um, they're not concepts that the church says, if you don't do these things, you're kicked out or you can't be a member. Um, they're all uh, concepts and commandments, we'll say, like any other in any other religion, right? These are good things that will help you be happier, ultimately be happier in life, right? Um, and so you find somebody that, you know, kind of goes, hey, well, I, I think that same thing too. So, oh yeah, well that that's cool. I I think that, and I think that. Wait, you read? Like you just open a book for no reason? <laughs> like you're not assigned? <laughs> you know, nobody's making you do that. Yeah, yeah. And so that's where you start to go. Okay, well I'm glad we have this base. This base because uh, you do some odd things. <laughs> you know, wait, you purposely play the piano like on purpose? Like your mom's not making you do that. You just do it. Just cause, <laughs> you know, um, and I, I tease about those things. I'm really glad that my wife does those things, but. So the big question, did she learn to make a great taco? Yes. <laughs> okay. Yes. No, I, I'm not kidding you. My wife makes the best chicken tacos. And I'll tell you the secret. We just cook, she cooks it in salsa. So we throw it in a crock pot. You cook the chicken in salsa all day. Throw it in some corn tortillas, a little bit of uh, onion, a little bit of cilantro best street talk you've ever had Tell all right telling you so um, any other like f- funny things that you recall from either how you and your wife got together or some yeah, of your yeah. friends so, got together so one of, one of the things that i was thinking about was and i mentioned it um to you at one point we <laughs> we have these um acronyms and monikers that we we use in a and I find them really funny. And I learned most of them up at school in college. And so the first one is what uh, the, the LDS culture you hear about is called a NICMO. So that's N-I-C-M-O. And that's, or, or, I'm sorry, N-C-M-O, NICMO. NICMO. And that stand, stands for non-committal makeout. Non-committal uh, makeout. So this, this, <laughs> that this, happened this, to me last the, week. No, yeah. just kidding. <laughs> This is the Mormon version of a one night stand, right? <laughs> uh, now, one night stand, not, not obviously not including any any alcohol or anything, but um, yeah. So yeah, the, in, up at school, you just have you know that hey, you're hot. I think you're hot. You want to make out, and, and yeah, you just make out, and that's it. That's there's it. no there's no relationship. There's no call me later. There's no you know. Um, you know, again, humans will be humans. Humans have their needs. And, uh, you know, once again, you got a bunch of guys running around town. It's 17 degrees outside. Because they make it so, out for two hours. And is, then, is there ghosting then after the fact? So now when I was, when I was dating, um, that obviously that, that concept happened, but we didn't have that term. I have noticed, though, within our culture that term is coming up a lot more. Yeah. So, yeah, you're getting these nickmos and then the guys and actually I hear about it more from guys. Guys are feeling ghosted more than girls. Uh-huh. And so I think these girls are they just out to get a little kissy kiss and then they're <laughs> out. That's all I needed. 
I'm gone. <laughs> so these poor guys, they're looking for wives. They're looking for, you know, baby mamas. They're looking for that, you know, that lifelong partner. And these girls are like, heck no, I just need you for your lips. That's it. So now do the, do the girls, so you mentioned that the guys, you know, that they're all, they're jogging and it's, you know, 20 below zero. What, uh, what do the women do after the, after uh, a little bit? I don't know. What frustrated. Do do? You tell me, I don't know. Well, I mean, I. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We probably don't need to. Really I'm not going to go in that direction. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. The, the men are working it off by running. I'm wondering what the women are doing to work it off. Eating? <laughs> eating. Well, just say this. There's the, the school gym was free and it was chock full chock all full. day, all night. So everybody's doing so physical, some form of physical activity on, yeah. on your feet, yeah. no doubt. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, what so other acronyms? Yeah. So we got NICMO. What else? So we got NICMO. And the, uh, here's the other one. <laughs> I seriously laughed out loud when I learned this one. It is called uh, COW. 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 C-O-W. And it stands for Crush of the Week. Crush of the Week. Oh, that sounds so cute. Crush, crush of the Week. So what is, you know, you'll have these, um, this, cows happen more in the summer, right? When there's not as many students up at school. Um, and so you kind of have your cow, right? Who's your cow? Who's your crush of the week? That's terrible. Who's your cow? She's right over there. There's my cow. That girl right there. She's my cow. What? Yeah. <laughs> I kind of like that. I think that's cute. You're calling me yeah. a cow? What? You're going to make me a mad cow. Okay, sorry. Exactly. So the, the, funny, the funny part to this, that as I've, be, as I've gotten older, right, and, and put more years into a marriage and, and relationships, you look at these things and, and they're really kind of, they, they seem at, at the, at the introduction um, kind of immature, right? Like a, a little hokey or, or a, a bit, um, you know, kind of high school or almost, you know, junior high-ish. Um, but the, the backside to that for me is when you have a culture that is saying, Hey, there's certain ways we're going to respond and not going to respond to human relationships, um, this is kind of what you're left with. And the reality is, this is what kind of define in my, my personal opinion, this is what kind of defines conservative lifestyles. Um, it sounds hokey to a lot of people. It feels childish to a lot of people. But um, for those that live it, it's very real. It's very, yeah. you know, this makes a lot of, of sense to me, right? Um, I'm not... Um, I'm not real interested in going that far or I'm not real interested in being that committed or, you know, um, and, you know, things like that. So it's, um, as kind of hokey and funny as it is, as it is, it's still a very adult mindset. It's still a very mature concept of how we approach, um, you know, relationships and things like that. But, uh, nevertheless, still pretty funny. <laughs> so, so we've got Nickmo and cow. Is there anything else? So I, <laughs> I struggle, I struggle to share this one, but I'm going to. Because oh, why not? Of, Listen, we've yeah, shared. Because of the podcast. <laughs> um, okay. So I learned about this one about seven years ago. Okay. I had never heard this term before. It is, it is a new, it, it was at that time a new thing. So as we've already discussed at length, teens will be teens. Teens and teens, teens that aren't supposed to be having sex will also be teens being teens. And sometimes 
teens that d- don't really want to have sex still want to push that line, right? Right. And so I get a phone call from my buddy who lives, who lives in Utah and says, you're not going to believe what I just stood or what I just sat in a meeting about. Now, he's a, he's a leader in the church over young people, over teenagers. Uh-oh. And he goes, have you heard the term gazing? Gazing. Gazing. And I'm thinking, holy crap, like Mormon kids are out there beating up gay people. And they've like combined <laughs> hazing and gay. Gazing like, like hazing. Yeah, yeah. That's what, it's a, immediately what my thought was, right? Like, oh, no. Like, this is going to be terrible. We can't be doing this stuff. Like, these people have to know we love everybody. That's like super important to us as, you know, kind of active members to, to, you know, to put that message out there. And so I'm thinking, oh, what is this? And he goes, so listen to this. This is what gazing is. <laughs> Guy and girl find a, a room, hotel room, empty room at a parent's house, whatever. Guy stands, <laughs> Guy stands on one side of the room. Girl stands on another. And they get naked and stare at each other. <laughs> so they and then they, run, then they run a lot after. Right? Exactly. <laughs> so then they, they gaze at each other. <laughs> oh, my God. It's just like, oh, my gosh, dude. This is, this is what happens when you have a sex-starved youth culture yeah yeah this, this is what they do they do stupid things like this <laughs> man that that's got to take a lot of restraint oh wow well, right. okay so we've talked we've got three do you have a, do you have another one for us no. before we wrap it up tonight that's that's all that's all i got for you, uh, you know, I, that, that's gonna be in my mind forever <laughs> i don't know it's like i don't know, get that out of my thoughts do you suppose that happens with the over 55 crowd? Let's stand across the room from each other naked and stare at each other. I no, wonder. You know, the, the reality is, is this, I, I think it, um, uh, you know, it, it goes it, in, and Cindy probably can speak more on this than, than probably I could, but um, I think it just has to do with the way children are taught and how they're taught about what's appropriate, what's not appropriate. And it's, um, it's teenagers that have crazy hormones. They're still trying to figure out themselves, their bodies and sexuality. And, um, and traditionally parents and leaders who aren't all admit who aren't, um, the best at teaching these things, um, that are avoiding certain words, certain topics, certain, um, you know, feelings. And, uh, you know, as, as, as much as anyone of our anyone in our church wants to be a good, healthy person, um, we also have bodies that work a certain way, and it's just how we are. And and yeah. you know the 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 message uh, has to kind of turn a little bit more toward, hey, all of this stuff is normal. It's about controlling the normal. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, and that's really all it is, right? It's, uh, but as soon as we kind of demonize or trivialize or taboo, uh, any of that stuff, that's when I think you get, you know, you get stuff like that. <laughs> you get teenagers staring at each other. Well, we're going to uh, figure something know. out to do here. Yeah. Exactly. Right. Exactly. So, but, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's a, you know, a little bit of a different world. It's a little bit of a different concept. I think a lot of it is, 
is uh, very much just based in the conservative traditional family mentality. And, um, you know, if there's anything I, I, I'd want to wrap up with is um, one that our, our concept, our way of life um, is really just about what we prefer, what, what makes sense to us. Uh, and we are, we, tr we should be, I am, uh, I, I can speak for myself just because my concept of life and happiness is one thing never means that I get to judge your concept of life and happiness. It just simply means I found a way that works for me. Um, and it makes me happy. And, um, I can, you know, I could probably argue that doing really self-destructive things don't really bring happiness. Um, they may feel like that, but they, they're not bringing real happiness. But at the same time, I don't ever feel like it's my place to judge that. And um, for as quirky and funny and maybe different from a lot of the world today that we may be, um, the, the heart is always in the right place. And the heart is in just wanting a, a happy, uh, somewhat day in, day in, day out, normal lifestyle. Um, you know, and, and that's really what we, you know, we try to achieve in, in our dating and, and in our, our way of life. Um, and faith has a lot to do with that. Faith connects, connects a lot of us in a lot of different ways. It helped me and my wife connect with each other and it's helped us make lifelong friends. And, um, you know, that's, that's just kind of over time, it becomes who you are. It becomes a part of what you are and, and what you stand for and what's important to you. And, um, and at the same time, like anything else, it can always be laughed at. It can always be made fun of because <laughs> there's true. just so much to find funny about it. All right. Well, thanks so much, Brent, for sharing so much of yourself with us. I think everyone that listens is really going to appreciate it. Absolutely. No problem. Thank you. You've been listening to Laugh at First Swipe with your hosts, Nancy Geary and Cindy Main. Make sure to subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. And check us out at laughatfirstswipe.com. Or follow Nancy Geary, G-I-E-R-E, and Cindy Main, M-A-Y-N-E, on all the social media platforms. <laughs>